Welcome to Echo, the podcast where we share our personal perspectives on questions about God, spirituality, and the Seventh-day Adventist Church. I'm Ryan Becker, your host. No matter who you are, we hope that you find value and encouragement through real discussions about real things. Let's jump in. Hey guys, welcome back to Echo. Super glad to be back here with Elder Gary Moyer and Pastor Ryan Hodges. Thank you guys for coming back on. I'm not going to make you reintroduce yourselves because you've already been on the show once before. But today, we we actually touched on this the last time we talked, and I had to like really refrain from diving into it too much. Uh, we talked about a personal relationship with Christ, and this time we're going to be talking about uh, a prayer life. And we we acknowledge that a prayer life had a huge impact on our relationship with Christ and, and, and actually an identifier of it. And so I really want to jump into prayer life and see, like, what is it? How do we have one? Um, you know, how long do I pray? And, and what do I say? How do I open it? Do I have to say our Father? Do, you know, is my prayer more holy if I say Father God more times than, you know, there, <laughs> it's, it's, it's always interesting to me because, like I can even look at my own prayers, especially when I pray like a pastoral prayer up front or over a potluck or something like that. I find that my prayer is this weird amalgamation of all these different prayer styles that I've heard. Um, it's kind of crazy. So I really want to talk about prayer life and like, is that even okay? And and those kind of things. Because once again, if we can demystify this stuff and just let people know, hey, it's okay to do it however you need to do it. Yeah, you know, it's funny because sometimes people will say things to you like, oh, wow, you pray really good. And I'm just like, what What does that even mean? <laughs> like, I even as a pastor, honestly, you know, for some time in my ministry, I've struggled with how do I pray? And if you look at the disciples who walked with Jesus for years, it is toward the end of Jesus' time with them that they go, Lord, teach us to pray. Hmm. So, you know, this is not a question that is only for some people. Everyone has this question, how do I pray? How do I have a better prayer life? And a good question might be, how do you talk to someone? How do you talk to your friend? I mean, you're talking to your friend who is God, who is Jesus. Um, I mentioned something in in one of the other... uh, podcasts was that one time I was angry with God, a little more detail, I basically said, I was angry, I said, you know what, I don't even want to talk to you. And then it hit me and I said, but I guess I already am. Hmm. And so as far as starting prayers, that's a strange one, but God was listening. Yeah. Hmm. Um, And in, in early stages for me, prayer simply was me putting my thoughts to God. Um, it, wa- it wasn't just uh, some deliberate, um, rehearsed prayer. And for me, I asked the question to young people one time. I said, what is the worst prayer that you've ever prayed? And what they came back to me with was probably like my meal prayer, you know, the one you <laughs> say every time you sit down with the family or whatever, yeah. like, Lord, bless this food, help it to strengthen, nurture my body, whatever your repetition is. And I was impressed by that because they knew that that was there. It wasn't a prayer that they prayed that they were angry with God or something. It was the prayer of repetition. That Which they, is a thing, yeah. Yeah, that, but but the one that they said that really means nothing. It's like hmm. you're praying habitually because you think that you need to, but you don't care enough about the prayer to make it impactful, right? Mm. 
And some of the most beautiful prayers I have ever heard, for instance, in church, are not the ones that the seasoned elder does with the these and thous and the flowery speech, but when a a very, for lack of better terms, simple person just talks to God mm. in a very simple way, those are the ones that have touched my heart the most. Hmm. Yeah. I think a, a, a healthy prayer is one that includes your real feelings. It's honest. Yeah. yeah. I can I, I, I can identify with that. I think that's I think that's huge. And I think too um, there's a, there's a certain amount of honesty. A lot of people don't know how to how to open with God. And one of the things that I found, right, like I have friends that had abusive parents or had an abusive father or a father that was absent. And so they really struggled to identify with God as father. And they really, they really just can't do it. And so they'll say, you know, dear God or dear Jesus, but they won't say heavenly father or father God or anything like that. Like they just won't open with those words specifically. And I have others that because they had an absent father, it was actually God that they identified as their father. And I have friends that open with their prayers with dad mm. or, or daddy, because this is the first time that they felt like they actually have a father. And so, you know, this is, and, and all of that is okay. From from what I can tell, from from every scripture I can read, there's nothing wrong with opening in any of the ways that we've described. But that even even the opening of prayer is is one of those things that people struggle with. They just don't even know where to begin. It's and because they've made it into something so much bigger than it is, which is just talking with someone else. There's a a pastor that I respect and follow his leadership stuff a lot. A lot. His name's Craig Crischel, and he always says this in his podcast. He says. People would rather follow a leader who is always real than one who is always right. And I think that's kind of the same with prayer because God doesn't want us to just be right in our prayers. He wants us to be real in our prayers. Hmm. And we've been talking about prayer and what we say. The other side of prayer is not what we say, but listening. There's times in prayer where you just sit. And you listen for God. You may have said a few things. You may have studied something in the Bible, and you don't really know what to say. And so you sit and you listen, and God brings thoughts to your mind. Now, I want to – you can kind of tell how elementary I've gone with some of this. Kind of like, And when I say elementary, I don't mean dumb or stupid. I mean like back to basics, right? Like how does this literally look? What are the words I say or what are the, the forms I use? Like I, I think part of this too that's mystified it is um, – a, praying always with your eyes closed, because we use that to get kids to pay attention <laughs> when there are mo- there's a moment where Jesus lifted his eyes towards heaven and, and prayed. And, um, but the other thing, too, is uh, the morning devotional life. There is this, even I have the temptation, if I'm trying to pray in the morning or have a devotional life in the morning, where I will feel like as soon as I get out of bed, that has to be the, 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 the thing that I do. Hmm. And the problem is, because it's, if I try to make it the very first thing I do when I get out of bed— whether it's kneel beside my bed or go sit in a spot or whatever, I'll fall back asleep <laughs> doing it because my body is literally isn't awake yet. Um, so, it, it, and so then I'm like, all right, well, I can't do it in the morning. So when is the right time to have that prayer? When is the right time to do this stuff? How, you know, how, what is, what does my day look like around prayer? You know, one of the other times I was on your podcast here, I mentioned consistency and I think that's super important with our prayer life. Um, but, I always say, even though it's hard to say, you may not need to do it exactly when you get out of bed, 
but I still think that the morning is the best time. And here's why, because you need to build a guard for the day. You need to, to establish who's in charge and who you want to follow first thing. Hmm. You don't establish those things at the end of the day after everything's already gone wrong. Oh Lord, thank you for being in charge of my day after you've not asked him to be. <laughs> you know, we, if we want God to rule our lives and to, to be our leader, we need to follow him from the morning. So it could be at nine o'clock instead of at six when you woke up or whatever. But early on, I would say is the best, at least from personal experience, that's what's made the biggest impact in my prayer life. Likewise, it works for me in the morning because, again, if you're going to start your day, you want, it's, it's kind of like, do I want to go into the game without talking to the coach first? Mm. Would not be a good idea. Mm. And Ryan, what you mentioned is something real that I ran into. I would sit to pray and I'd start getting drowsy. So I finally started standing and then I just walk around and that worked. Mm. Sometimes I'll just go take a walk and that blood flowing gets the brain working and I can talk to God and listen. You know, so for me, I'm not a morning person at all. I'm a night owl, right? And and so for me, the way that I, that I found it successful is I've tried in the morning a ton. And what I've actually found is the night before, that's when I'll talk to God and say, hey, mm-hmm. I'm going to go to sleep and I want you to guard my my thoughts when I sleep. But also, Lord, get me started tomorrow and, and, and help me with this. And one of the things that I found too is if I miss that, if I forget that the night before, the next morning when I remember it, this this is what's key, right? Like someone who, who forgets to brush their teeth or or eat breakfast, like they're just like, all right, well, oh well, I guess I'll just do it tonight. Like if you really feel gross about it, if you feel like it's something important that you need to do, you'll stop what you're doing and go take care of it real quick. I know yeah. people who keep a spare toothbrush in their office desk for that very right. reason. Right. So it's like why there are people who forget their prayer life in the morning or at night and they'll say, okay, well, I guess there's always tomorrow. Well, what about right now? Mm-hmm. Now, the, 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 the first best time to pray is, what, what is it, yesterday? And the second best time to pray is now. Yeah. Um, when you're thinking about it, do yeah, it. Exactly. So, I, I, you know, I, I think that that's a really important part of it. Yeah, I, I, I've been really impacted. I read this book by Mark Finley called Revive Us Again. Uh, the first time I read it was a few years ago. Um, and he says in there to pray through this acronym of ACTS or just it's a mm-hmm. suggestion, not that you have to, but the acronym stands for adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. And I started doing that um, because I was trying to say, how can I pray? Because I would always just, you know, I'd pray and I'd just ask for things. That's what would I, I would, Lord, help me with my marriage. I'm broke. I need more money. Or my car is broke. It was about me, 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 me. And when I started praying out of this ACTS acronym, I would go to adoring God first. And prayer became more about who God is than about me. And my time where I was praying for stuff for me was so small compared to how much I was adoring God, and it transformed who I became. Hmm. Absolutely. That's the same thing for me. I try to always incorporate, actually, at the beginning of my prayer time, most times, thanking God for things. Even I, I found somewhere just uh, rehearsing the names of God, hmm. Yahweh, Yahweh, the Lord, my provider, You know, going through that. And at first, it seems mechanical, but is but very quickly you start feeling better, you start feeling closer to God. Now, prayer is not about feeling, but 
it sure helps. Well, you build a habit. Your body gets used yes. to it. I started running recently, and the entire time I, I'm jogging, the entire 20 minutes, I'm like, where are my shoulder blades? Where are my arms? How are my feet hitting the ground? But as you do it more and more, you, you start thinking less of those things because you train your body to just do them automatically. They feel more natural. And I think it's the same with prayer. I think part of what, what is off-putting about prayer is if you haven't been doing it, you, it just feels so alien, so foreign. I feel ridiculous. I feel like I'm just talking to whatever I'm facing instead of like actual, like the wall or the bed or, you know, I don't feel like anyone's hearing it. But the more you do it and the more you track with how are those prayers answered and, and what's happening and how does my life look differently, then you start to see how it's actually impacting your life and how your, and how your life is starting to orient itself around your prayer life. Yeah. Um, I started a few years ago. Well, I, it was probably like 15 years ago, but someone suggested journaling prayers. And I was like, journaling prayers. What am I, a girl? Is this a diary? You know, that was my thought. I've never been one to keep diaries and whatever. But I, so I started praying with a journal because I would fall asleep or get drowsy or whatever. And so I started journaling and I don't use my phone because we know what happens when we try to pray with our phone on. <laughs> we end up on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. But I, I I buy a nice book that I'm excited about, like the quality is good and whatever, and I want to hold it. And so I open it and I start writing my prayers to God and I start adoring him. And something about when you're writing something down, when you're physically writing something down, it it does something with the connection. It keeps me aware. It keeps me focused, and I'm way less distracted. And I found for me that's extraordinarily powerful. Um, and then if I want, I can go back years later and open up randomly and find these hmm. amazing things that I asked for, and those are no longer a problem or things like that that I've forgotten about. Another thing that's helped me from time to time is actually praying out loud. Hmm. I mean, not in my full voice, but speaking the words audibly. There are those times where the prayer life gets kind of blurry, but if I speak it out loud, uh, it makes a difference. Because when you talk to someone, you speak out loud. Why not speak hmm. out loud to God? Yeah, well, he, know, he knows what we're thinking, but why not speak out loud? Yeah, and the Bible even says that when when we pray that the devil trembles. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes people are afraid to pray out loud because they don't want the devil to know what they're thinking in their prayers. But if I'm praying and it causes the devil to fear and tremble, oh yeah, I should be praying out loud. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I think uh, there's to, to your point about journaling too, there's this quote when when when, when people are feeling like discontent or, or uh, with their situation in their surroundings, there's a saying that says, remember that you once prayed to be where you are right now. Mm. Um, and one of the ways you can do that is by opening your journal. You know, you prayed for a job and now you have a job. You prayed for a, a family and now you have a family or, you know, whatever it might be. You prayed for a house or an apartment and now you have that or stable income. You know, there's any number of things. And, and, and so looking back at the answered prayers of your past can certainly be a great way to encourage you to pray more now. And one of the, um, one of the habits that I've found favorable to my prayer life is consistency with where I'm praying. I mean, I, pr I try to pray my thoughts to God all the time, but I have a spot where I have a chair and I only sit in that chair for devotions, prayer, and sermon preparation. So that's my if you'll have it, my God chair. And when I'm there, my mind goes to this is God time. 
And so my mind's automatically drawn to thinking that way. I don't sit in that chair and look at Facebook because I don't want that to be the thought that prevails when I'm there. I want the habit to make my brain go, hey, it's time to pray. And something that uh, a thought that came to me while we were talking, we're talking about prayer, but the purpose of prayer. Sometimes I think we tend to gravitate toward the purpose of prayer is so that I get answers to things I'm Hmm. struggling with. And that certainly comes in prayer, but sometimes I wonder if the purpose of prayer is not more, it's simply to draw us close to God. Yes, absolutely. You know, there's this passage in Matthew, I think it's in 25 or something like that, where these people, oh no, it's Matthew 7, and these people are before the judgment seat, and they're like, oh, we did all these Christian-like things. Look, we were healing people and helping people Mm. and preaching, and, and then at the end, God's like, but I didn't know you. And that phrase has always really stuck out to me because if the connection between me and God is really about knowing who he is, that's a relationship. That's implied a two-way thing. So I need to be interacting with God to get to know him. And that's what I think prayer is about, is about knowing him. And so that's why one of the reasons I'm so big on this adoration part um, and I try to start off my prayers. What I do is I open the Psalms and I read a Psalm. I'll randomly open to a Psalm and read a Psalm because I find it puts me in the mood to praise God and to be thankful and to adore him as creator or majesty or whatever. And that's really enriched my prayer life. Another thing, I'm going to go back to something I mentioned again with prayer. If you're going to know God, if you're going to know someone, you have to listen to them. Hmm. I mean, if my wife and I, if I, all I did was talk, 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 and I never listened. Maybe that's I, the problem with my marriage. I <laughs> I'd be in trouble. Maybe that's why I'm not married. <laughs> <laughs> and so we need to take time to just close our mouths and listen. In fact, there's a book called uh, Two Chairs by Bob Bodine, I believe it is. And in that book, he recommends you actually set an empty chair across from you when you're praying Mm. and realize God's there. Mm. And when you ask God a question in prayer, he says, so often we just keep talking. He says, if you ask him a question, close your mouth and listen. Mm. And I thought, wow. Which is funny too, because as pastors, right, we're taught, this is our profession is to open our mouths, not to shut up and listen. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm outgoing, I'm talkative, so for me, that's a real struggle. Well, I, I, we, I do a lot of small group training, too, for high school students and how to lead them. And, and one of the things we also suggest for small groups is uh, put an extra chair in your group for the for Jesus or the Holy Spirit. It reminds you, that empty chair reminds you that there's another person present in your group. And going back to what you said about that, that God chair, um, people may feel weird about having a space where that's their space to interact with God. But think, I have friendships where the only thing, every time that I meet up with you, we're going to Chipotle or we're going to Starbucks and getting, you know, not coffee. Um, <laughs> there, there's, um, you, ha- every friendship has its unique identifier and you have things that you do with certain friends that you don't do with, with others. And, and I think the same can be true with God and, and actually should be, um, that there should be something totally unique and special between you and God that you share together. And so I don't think anyone should feel weird for that. Um, but one of the, one of the things I really want to touch on before we end is, um, I, I had a friend of mine in college who shared with me that one day he was sitting around a, a dinner table with friends and they asked him to pray. So he prayed over the meal. He was super awkward about it and like uncomfortable with it, but he prayed. He got through it and his friend was, and one of the people at the table responded, wow, that was a terrible prayer. 
so I'm going to pray again. Wow. And then he did. <laughs> and I'm like, so, so there, there's something that I feel like we need to change in the way we view prayers. This important, you have to do it this way, yeah. public or private. That just doesn't work. It, it, all it does is discourage well, people from how prayer. How could really, how, how could one prayer be less valuable than another? Right? That's, God wants everyone to talk to him and wants, wants to be in that relationship. And mm. it, 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 if it, it, we put all these unnecessary, unnecessary barriers on it. I mean, think, I think about it as a parent. I'm a parent with two teenage boys. I would love them more to come and want to talk to me. And I don't even care what they want to talk to me about. But, you know, kids get a certain age and they don't talk as much. Well, we're God's kids. And he's just, just come on over, sit my knee, talk with me. Hmm. Yeah, That's your huge. your prayer is acceptable to God. Absolutely. Uh, so... Actually, I think that's a great note to close on, to be honest, unless there is a final thought that you guys want to end with. I think that is a great reminder um, and encouragement to pray. So thank you guys again for coming on and for sharing your perspectives and your experiences and your honesty as well. And and to our listeners, I, I hope once again that you've been blessed by this and that you're encouraged in your prayer life uh, to know that your prayers are acceptable to God no matter what. Thanks for listening to Echo, and we'll see you next time. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Echo. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay up to date with new episodes as we release them, and for more awesome content from Project Refresh, a ministry of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, then go ahead and hit that subscribe button below. And don't forget to like and leave a comment.